Welcome to Not Another Football Podcast, the football podcast by fans for fans. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Greg and Mike, and this is episode 18 of Not Another Football Podcast. What an interesting week of football, Greg. It was. I mean, we spent the end of last episode talking about how bad things were going to be. Shocker. And then we ended up getting two really big upsets. So that should just tell you the NFL is really any given Sunday. Anyone it. And I think that's one of the biggest, obviously pace of play and um, players being bigger, faster, stronger than it is with, with college football. As you see, as you saw in the results from college football, again, three of the same four teams are making it to the college football playoffs every single week. You can pretty much pencil them in or not every week, every year, you can pretty much pencil them in um, every single year. And then that fourth team doesn't matter, but in the NFL, you can legitimately be upset any, any week. And this week it happened to be uh, this, the Bengals and the Owen 13 jets beating who I called the (laughs) Super Bowl favorite out of the NFC, making me look like a complete idiot. So it would be the jets. They're, they're tired of me shunning them this year. So they're just like, Oh, Greg, are you going to actually talk about us this week? And let me tell you, my answer is still no. They're still stunned. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Adam Gase's job is safe. It, yeah, he he won that game. Uh, lost them Trevor Lawrence, but uh, saved his job. I mean, look, it's going to be hard to evaluate any of these quarterbacks in the uh, coming out of college. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they end up taking with the second pick. I really don't think evaluate. I mean. Trevor Lawrence is a gimme. He'll go. He'll go number one. They. I'm sorry. At, at this point, organizations tank. The players don't. I'm. I'm very strong in believing that. Sure. Um, if if it's your job, there's no way you're going out there, and you're going to tank because even if you are tanking, when it times when it comes time to to make cuts, the coaches still have to evaluate your play and whatnot. And also how, how can you go out and tell a professional player like, Hey, we don't care. We don't want you guys to, to win. Just be mediocre. I mean, it's kind of like in, in practice when it's just like, okay, 50%. And then you have some people who are walking, you know, going like 2%. And then you have this one player who decides he wants to be Mr. Show off and goes a hundred percent. It just doesn't work for anybody. Oh, you were, yeah, you were that guy. I mean, when I was when I was young, when I was a sophomore and junior, yeah. I told you this after the game. Uh, Gase just even himself doesn't even know how to lose. He doesn't know how to win. He doesn't know how to lose. Just get him out of there. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I mean, yeah, I I feel bad for feel bad for them organizationally. Yeah, and here I am talking about the Jets. Oh my gosh, I'm so upset <laughs> it's, with myself. It's easy. It's easy. Like they're they're terrible, and 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 it, Gase deserves a lot of credit, or not? Phew, wow, wow. Gase deserves a lot of heat, and he still has a job. When how many how many people have we seen lose lose jobs this year? Um, who was just fired today? The GM uh, from the Panthers. Yes, yes. I was actually pretty shocked at that. 
I'm interested to see if that was like kind of a power move with the art. Cause the, the article that you shared with me over the week talked about the, the power dynamics between GMs and front offices and, and head coaches. And so I, I really wonder if the Panthers GM was subject to that. And if they wanted to kind of, they've, they've liked what rules doing and they wanted to shift that dynamic. We'll post that article in the description of this podcast, but well, you know, essentially what it talked about was just the dynamics of a head coach and the general manager and how, and how teams make it harder than it needs to be. And the examples that they used, uh, the main example that they used was the Seahawks organization and how I get, well, actually it was two main ones. There was the Las Vegas Raiders and then the Seattle Seahawks and how really the GM title means really nothing in football versus baseball where the managers have, you know, complete say of the roster in baseball. They, they do all this stuff and truly manage the team. But when it comes to NFL, it's, it's just a title. It It's just thrown out there. Like their power sometimes means absolutely nothing. Like they have zero say the head coaches have all the say. And some teams don't know how to balance uh, finding the right coach in the um, GM. And I thought that was really interesting. And you saw it mentioned two teams in this article that are looking for jobs currently who are actually interviewing GMs right now before they even have a head coach in place. And it happened to be the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions, two teams who, I mean, historically Detroit has just struggled. I don't want to say Houston has struggled historically because they've, they've been to the playoffs the last couple of years under Bill O'Brien. I don't know what the best answer is, but there's got to be some type of mix. I don't think it would make sense for you to hire a GM and then bring a coach in and ask them to just gel and mesh. I mean, there's, there's gotta be some type of balance. What about you? Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned balance because the article also talks about uh, the imbalance of power. Sometimes it's, it's more with the, uh, with the GM than it is with the head coach. And I, I think, I think back to teams like um, Jacksonville who brought in uh, Caldwell after he was let go in, in New York um, Coughlin Coughlin. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Uh, Caldwell was interviewed by the, the Texans super, super pumped for him. Um, got those two mixed up for a second. However, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's interesting that they, they're, they're looking in, in that direction, uh, particularly as it, as it lines up with the article. Yeah. So before we get into talking about some of the performances of, of this past week, I saw this come across and it it just falls in line with just dumb, just poor decisions. And that's Dwayne Haskins um, being photographed maskless at a strip club hmm. uh, after their win or uh, after their loss against Seattle. I just I think this right here just tells me everything I need to know about Dwayne Haskins. I didn't know much about him before. I, I didn't care. Um, he's not on my team's he's not my team's quarterback. Um, plus he's been buried on the death chart for Washington, but I'm just like, dude, what are you thinking? Like, especially it just kind of in general, like 
here's the thing. I don't typically care what a player does uh, in, in their free time. Like that, that's your business. But what ups, what I guess upsets me and, and just makes me really just kind of, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to put it. I guess what just really makes me be done with him is I'm just like, come on, dude. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. You've seen how one stupid decision can derail teams. We're so late in the season, especially with your team actually having a chance to win that division. You've now potentially put your entire team in jeopardy. The NFL is not adding any more weeks to it. There's two weeks left in the season. Right. You know, and it's just like a quote from him is, I want to apologize for creating a distraction for my team during our playoff push. I will learn and grow from this and do what's best for the team moving forward. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, prior to this, you had an incident earlier in the year where you got in trouble for something COVID related. So I'm like, clearly you didn't learn your lesson the first time. Yeah. What makes anyone think that you're going to learn it this time? So it just, it's poor taste on his part. It was, it was just really dumb. And the consequences, like we've said, are just because it's not just these final two weeks. If they make the playoffs, who knows what that can do to affect the playoffs? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and and particularly if if they they um, if anybody else tests positive uh, after they've if they've made playoffs, absolutely, it it, it creates a whole scheduling nightmare. Um, so yeah, it, I think I think you're you're absolutely right to have have high criticism of that. I mean, honestly, who does he think he is? James Harden? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So moving into week 15, what surprised you or what did you take away from week 15? Um, great. Yeah. So week 15, I thought, was surprisingly interesting for a week that we had had said was going to be pretty boring, um, particularly when it comes to Brian Flores and the Dolphins win. I thought that they just played a real complete game and, and really um, are starting to embrace Flores's coaching model, which I've been talking about for, for some time that I think it, once it catches on, I think it's going to do uh, do wonders. And I think that they are uh, the closest team to emanating um, or sorry, to, to kind of copying what um, New England has been doing for years. And so I, I'm very excited to see what, what what happens down there in the south in the in the south in Florida? Um, but also uh, can't can't stress enough. It's incredible that that uh, division games, as we've continued to say on this podcast, are are so um, unknown and and teams can win uh, from any which way. And, and that's what we saw with the Bengals. And, and what a great game by them! And what a uh, rousing performance the Steelers. Uh, as, as many people have pointed out, uh, are, are really reeling right now and they don't really have a lot of answers for the holes in their ship. So I'm interested to see how they, how they respond these next two weeks. Let's just talk about that game real quick. Sure. I, I know it's a divisional game and I know it's divisional games are hard and whatnot, but here's where I cannot give the Steelers a pass. I look at the Steelers so different from this because not only are the Bengals, geez, what's their record? What was it like two and ten at two the time? Two and ten, yeah, yep. two ten and one. But they had a backup backup quarterback. They were on their third string quarterback. So I just, I don't. I we said it early in the year, even though we kept putting the Steelers in our 
top 10 power rankings because we were giving credit to to their record which i guess on part that's our fault like we should have just called it for what it is and what they truly were they were the weakest undefeated team um probably like that we've ever seen and if you that's not just our bias being ravens fans if you just look at their schedule and the quarterbacks that they've played or the teams or the situations that the teams that they were facing it's just like okay well that's a very weak win like yeah you should win that they should have won yesterday on monday night against the Bengals. that was their get right bounce back game yep and you didn't do it i mean i texted you when it was halftime and i'm just like it's 2020 how the hell do you only put up 19 yards of passing in in 30 minutes of play in 2020 it's just it's it's like the equivalent of not hitting a three-pointer by halftime in the nba it's just (laughs) like the now the league is now a three-point league how do you not hit a single three-pointer and it just it speaks volumes of what that team is now and how far they've regressed. And you look at it, I mean, they play their final two games of the season are against the Colts and against the Browns. They could honestly end the year on a five game losing streak. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, or or would that be just a four game losing streak? No, that would be I think I think you're right. I think that would be five. And and that really brings into into question, um, especially if the Browns sweep them. Um, who had and if, so uh, figuratively well, well, Browns speaking, would sweep them. But yeah, but figuratively speaking, if the Browns lose this week, the Ravens would win the AFC North. Like that's how like that's how bad not beating this Bengals team was for the Steelers. There's, there's a legitimate path for a Ravens team that struggled early and got swept by the Steelers to actually win the division because we swept the Browns. And that, I, I, I just think that it, for a team that wants to go where this team wants to go and the way that they were holding themselves and, and particularly carrying themselves uh, about the slant, like people pushing back on their record to then come out and drop a game like this is 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 inexcusable to every everyone's point is 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 inexcusable and to be honest and quite frank <laughs> like it's soft like sorry that's terrible you you've you've out you've played yourself out of what I would call contention for a super bowl like there's no way you beat any of the any of the teams and like any 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 solid team playing like that it's uh, absurd no yeah they and it's just it's crazy how in a matter of three weeks they've gone from running away with the division vying for a number one possibly number two seed and within three weeks they could lose the division to the door with the loss to the Bengals the door is wide open for either the Browns or the Ravens to win it and it's just like that's it's crazy to think about um If the Colts it's win, and like we need them to lose, right? The Ravens need them to lose. The Ravens need right. the Colts to lose, but the Colts win. But they won't, right? But Colts win. Like, oh man, that's damn. I like, leg- legitimately, I think, is I think Steelers lose the next two weeks. Like, I think the Colts wow. are just playing too hot, yep. and the Bengals have figured them. themselves out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or not Bengals. The the Browns have figured out their identity and who they are, and yep. I just. <laughs> It's hard for me to, to choose the Steelers right now, and yep. if they if they sneak into the playoffs, it, how they are playing right now, I think they've dropped down to a three seed, so they could 
to me, that was a bigger loss than the Rams losing to the Jets. Like, I'm sorry, someone was going to lose to the Jets sometime this year. I truly believe that. It's just, it's really hard for a team to go 0-16, like, like I've said, players aren't trying to fail. So I mean, come they, on, they I, I didn't that, and so like it's obviously <laughs> it's hard. To I mean, go. <laughs> it really is. You you really need something astronomically stupid to happen to go zero and sixteen, and that being what happened with the Raiders. Like the, they should have won that game, but Greg Williams did something so stupid that no one else would ever do. Therefore, they lost the game. He got fired. We, all, I mean, so it's hard to go undefeated and it's hard to go winless. Like, yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, this, this loss spoke way more to me than, um, the jets win could. And it just, it hurts me a little bit personally that it happened to be against the Rams. The week that I said, they're my dark horse for the super bowl. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, thank you everyone for not making me feel so bad about that. Oh, not yet. Yeah. So uh, I think that would be my biggest loser of the week is Greg's ego. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign that. Yeah. So um, anything else stand out to you? I mean, it could be a, your winner or loser. I mean, actually, we'll, we'll get into that. But did any other game just kind of stand out to you? Yeah. Um, the, I, I think the Chiefs the chiefs, unlike the Steelers won a game they needed to win. Um, and, and it was closer than I, a lot of people would have, would have thought, but I think it was a good measuring stick for them as a, as a program to be like, Hmm, we know where we need to be a little bit better at to, to beat even teams in the AFC. Um, and, and, and I've been critical of the saints in the past, but I thought they played pretty decent against a, a, a fine, uh, Kansas city defense, uh, and offense and, and, uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty big win for, for Kansas city. Yeah. I think that game, I mean, once again, this is like the sixth Carey, game Carey in a row. Than like what you just look at on, on paper for sure. Yeah. I think this is the sixth game in a row where the losing team against the chiefs have looked better. Like we've had more to say about yeah. you know, the, the losing team than the winning yeah. team, but it, I don't think it's a moral victory, but the one thing I, I think the saints can take away from that game is just looking at it. Like this is drew Brees' first game back after being, being out for five weeks, they lost by three points. So if they were to see Kansas city again in the super bowl, and I know both sides can take away like Kansas city can say, ah, oh, we weren't that efficient in the red zone or, Oh, we settled for this or whatever. All the saints have to do is just literally just say to themselves, Guys, this was Drew Brees' first game back. Um, if he was healthy and if Michael Thomas was there, we win that game. I I don't know how the Chiefs only won by three. It just goes back to what we were saying last week. At this point, it truly is apathy. Just get us to the playoffs. That's, that's all we're here for. They yeah. act, I swear, Kansas City acts like they are the New England dynasty where – they have multiple Super Bowls. Everything is so easy. They can just coast. But then you you have to step back and you're just like, hey, Kansas City, you've done this one year. You won one Super Bowl. Um, don't get ahead of yourselves. You know what I mean? So like I guess you can I can I can say like pump the brakes. You guys are good, but you don't, yeah. as of right now, you only have one Super Bowl to show for it. So you're you're not there yet. Mm. 
so it, it would it would it be fair to say that you you feel as though they're borrowing a little bit more accolades than they than they actually have from what they could be as opposed to what they are. I don't know. I mean, from my perspective or for my feeling is it, it is just apathy and they are just coasting right now. Just, just like the golden state warriors do, or, you know, the, the heat team from back in the day where they were just not back in the day from a couple of years ago <laughs> where yeah. they were just stacked and one if losing one game means nothing to them, you know, uh, I understand it's a little bit different in, in football because there's only 16 games, yeah. but eh, what what's one game for them? They've already lost that. If they were to lose again, you know, they still have a, a two game lead in the, in that conference. So they can, they can stand to lose one game. Like they may sit people come week 16 or week 17, whatever um, their last game is. I mean, cause they're, it doesn't really matter. So, I, I really don't know what it is with them. That's my uh, that's my fear with Buffalo too. If they just say the last game in the season versus Miami, that, that they're just like, yeah, let's let's rest some rest some key guys. It's not that important. Sorry, it's a different topic, but sorry, go on. No, I mean, but I think that's what's interesting this year because there there's it, the AFC is so close and so tight that truly one game can change the entire outlook for the rest of the six or seven teams in the playoffs. So as you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this second as a Ravens fan, we need the bills. We, we, we need them to beat my Miami in the last week, but they may look at it like only one team gets a buy this year. We're only going to play our people for one quarter or a half. Like this game doesn't mean anything. We just need to get our bodies going so that we can stay fresh in the next week. So it's interesting to see what teams will do come, come the last week. Now that there's only one team getting a buy, you know, it's, it's very interesting. And I think that's where, that's where strategy is really going to come into play more this year than it has in previous years. Yeah, completely agree. Also Raiders, I'm really pulling for you this week. I'm jump I'm jumping on that emotional roller coaster and I'm rooting for you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, we need that to beat to be Miami, huh? Yeah. So let's see. Let, let's let's take a look at the rest of the the rest of the games. I know one of the games that, that really surprised me was how bad the bills beat the Broncos in Denver coming off of such a big emotional game the week prior. I I didn't expect them to put 48 points on. Mm -hmm. And even though they, this is the last game I'm going to say about this. Actually, no, there, there are two games. Tampa Bay. I understand you won. I, I just, once again, I have no idea what to make of you guys. Um, I think that one was just more of, okay, here, here's here's how that game went down. Brady comes in there and he's just like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna show Matty Ice who's, who's, who's his daddy again. And I'm going to get you a little lead. I'm going to let you guys feel a little comfortable once again. And then I'm just going to take your heart out just like I did four years ago in the Super Bowl and just crush you. New team, same plans. 
I'm going to give you a nice little lead and then I'm going to destroy you this time at your home. I thought that was quite funny and hilarious. I was just watch. I, even when they were down 17, zero, I really wanted to say that the game was over. I wanted to, I was just like, they're just going to mail this one in and they're they're done. But I couldn't, I I really couldn't because it's not the fact that it's just Tampa Bay versus the Falcons. It was, Brady versus Matt, Matt Wright and the Falcons and what he did to them in the Super Bowl. So that was always there. But I mean, I understand that one was more on the defense than it was offense. Like, yeah, the offense scored the points to get them there, but the defense made the stops after giving up 17 points at halftime, held them to 10 um, in the second half. So that was more of a defensive victory. But the last one I'll say is I, I know there are two games. I know he's only two games in, but Jalen Hurts is seems seems to be legit. I'm not gonna completely buy his stock yet, but okay. I really, really like what I've seen. And if people are going to say, hey, wait, it's only two games, I'm also gonna say after two games, people were coining Herbert as he should have been the number one pick. Um everything that I've seen from Hurts so far. And what the offense of Philadelphia was on life support all season. Right. And all of yeah. a sudden what what he's doing with this team, this same exact players that Carson once had, he is giving them life. He's putting up over 400 yards. He is giving them within one play of winning games. I understand Carson Wentz, some of the games were, were really close and he brought teams back, but it always just seemed like a struggle. Yeah. But it always just seemed like a struggle. It seemed like it was they were just like pulling teeth. And yeah. as a fan, you were probably just like, what the hell? Like, how did we just do so many three and outs? Or why are we taking a sack in that situation? Um, Hertz has just given him life. And even if he doesn't become the quarterback long term, like going into next year, he's giving them something to think about this offseason. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I completely, completely agree. Colin Coward had a had a really good segment today on on them and and you know man they are just they're an interesting interesting conundrum um and i i i guess i'm just i'm really looking forward to what they what they do moving moving forward we're gonna go ahead and talk about the pro bowl for just for just a minute so bear with us people who feel like mike and i where the the pro bowl doesn't it doesn't really mean much um here's the thing i don't want to say it's completely irrelevant the game itself is but the i guess the accolade of saying hey i've been to x number of pro bowls it means something for a player because some of it is measured by the fans and some of it is measured by um peers your, your peers so it means it means something in that aspect the game itself means absolutely nothing so, honestly, I didn't even know that the list of starters or who made it came out yesterday. That's how much I've been checked out from the Pro Bowl. So, <laughs> I don't get all up in arms about people who miss it, but sometimes there are there are people who get voted in that I'm just like, okay, that was 100% a, a fan pick. And I relate it back to the NBA. I remember one year, Yao Ming did not play a game. He didn't, or he played like a, a very small 
number of games before, before the all-star break. And he was voted in as like a starter because he just had like everyone voting for him, like everyone in China voting for him or in, in Houston, you know what I mean? So it's just like that. And I'll let you touch on this more, but that's what happens when you open up to fans, when you allow fan votes to have such a huge, um, weight in this not just like hey you guys only fan votes only account for like five percent of the actual vote the rest come from writers and stuff like that so what are your thoughts yeah no i agree um uh at least i I don't view the pro bowl at all as as uh really an accolade it's more of a so in 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 my industry in communications we talk about what's called a vanity metric quite a bit Mm -hmm. um and you know this in marketing as well, um, but it's it's aspects of social media or or any sort of measurable campaign that uh, is really just service level it doesn't actually uh, provide any 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 bottom line in addition or, or or any any benefit to the campaign. It just looks nice, and so I yeah I I laugh. At, not, I don't laugh. I just. I struggle to see the Pro Bowl at the same level as being an All Pro, uh, which I think is is more more reputable. Now, I, I don't think that it's it's infallible. I think that sometimes people can be left off of uh, first or second team All Pro who deserve it, but I think that 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 to me is a is a better metric. However, I will concede that um, the Pro Bowl games, um, while completely irrelevant and, and meaningless, are they're kind of fun to watch. And and I used to really enjoy being able to see players go to Hawaii and, and experience a new state and to be honest a really beautiful state so it's that always that always uh, made me smile but yeah I I'm, I'm kind of glad it's virtual this year you know reduce the chance of, of any injuries and, and just one less game that, that kind of get, gets wear and tear on on a on a player and and that's that's what I kind of uh, default to I don't, I don't really get into the big snubs and who should have made it who shouldn't but just when I looked at this article before we started recording the, the one that jumped out to me because it made the most sense and the description or the reason why was so straightforward and to the point that I was just like, okay, yeah, that that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's the tight end of the green Bay Packers, Robert Tanyan. And the description was, and this is on CBS sports. Yeah. Evan Ingram, a, 2021 pro bowler has one touchdown catch tanyan has 10 that's all you need to know period yeah yeah (laughs) so i i look at that i'm just like okay yeah that that tells me everything about who who makes it who doesn't and the majority of the time it's who's the bigger name and that's what it comes down to yep yep i completely agree sometimes i think the nfl 100 uh has um shades of that at, at times as well oh completely like this a lot of these lists that come out on espn and cbs and and all this stuff like it really holds no weight like it honestly means nothing um some players might like it like when when kansas city played baltimore earlier this year after with holmes through the fourth touchdown of the game was he holding up four because of the touchdown or was he holding up four because they ranked him fourth you know what i mean yeah it was so, the touchdowns let's be real i don't know he could have been mocking lamar and being like you guys voted this dude number one come on hmm 
I think. Fair. That's fair. Let's move yeah. into week 16. Yes, sir. Also, did you see Joss Rosen to the to the Niners? How did that come through? Like the deadline's over. I think he was a he was on a Tampa Bay's practice squad and they swiped him up. I like that. I like that. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see if how the Josh Rosen experience number three works. Um, I think he could he could do well in a in a uh, Kingsbury offense. Wait, did you say to where did he go? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said he went didn't go to Arizona and went to San Francisco. San Francisco's playing in Arizona. Um, gotcha. I was just like, wait, he went back to Arizona? No. Nope. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Man, that dude has really gotten the short end of the stick. And whether people – I know one of the knocks on him coming out was, is he really dedicated to the game? I, I can't really have an opinion on it because I don't – one, I don't know him as a person. I don't know enough about him or saw enough college tape for me to really accurately measure his skills. And we saw such a small sample size and him and the head coach, what was it? Steve Wilkes of the Cardinals. It was a one and done. It was so quick. They never, uh, Rosen never got another chance. And Wilkes, I think is just a coordinator somewhere uh, or I don't mean, I don't know what he's doing. So I would like to see what he has. Like, I think new England would have liked him. He's a smart dude. He could have probably could have fit in that system. But I'd like to see him get a chance somewhere. I don't. I really don't think it's the he can't play. He just he went to Arizona. They drafted Kyler Murray. You saw how that turned out. And then he went to Tampa or he went to Miami, and not much happened there. And then he ended up going to Tampa Bay, and you're sitting behind the goat. So I don't know, man. He's really got just unfortunate, unfortunate luck. But then again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just has a terrible attitude and teams are just like, I don't, I'm yeah. not dealing with this. So they ship him out. So I have no idea, but I'd like to see him get a chance. Yeah. If he's good enough, I don't, he doesn't just need a handout, but if he's good enough, I'd like to see what he can do in the NFL. Yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely. So week 16, big week, to be honest, huge week. I do not like games being played on holidays. I understand Thanksgiving. It, I, I talked about it before. That's whatever. That's been around for for years. I understand if Christmas falls on a Sunday or Thursday because that's typically... Thursday, Sunday, or Monday. That's typically when the NFL already plays. So if the holiday falls on those days, you decide to keep the games. I'm just like, okay, I personally won't watch it. Just that's the time with my family. I'm watching. Um, Although, you know, I, let me, let me rephrase that. I have watched Ravens games if they play on Christmas, but I don't, I don't work my schedule around the game. If that makes sense. When I saw that the NFLs put a game on Friday on Christmas, the Vikings at the Saints, I just kind of rolled my eyes. I was like, why? You guys are literally literally having four straight days of football. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. 
And I understand they're, if they're just like, okay, well, that was supposed to be a Thursday night game. We just pushed it to Friday because it's Christmas. But I just – sometimes I think it's just too much. And I, the NFL yeah. is just – I understand how – corporations and businesses and all this stuff works. I'm not, I'm not dumb. They, they need, they need viewers. That's how they get paid. That's how they make the money. But I'm just like NFL, come on. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I know the NBA does it. How do you feel about it? I, I just feel like I'm, I'm that old man who is yelling, like, get off my lawn. I just, when I was a kid, it didn't really matter to me because it's just like, okay, you're hanging out with your, your family on that day. And if it games on, cool, you'll watch it while playing video games or playing games with your, your family members, like your cousins. Um, and if it's there, you you know, you're watching it. But as I've gotten older, I'm just like, no, nah, it's time for my family. If it's on yeah. in the background, I may, I may look at it, but I'm, I'm not going to watch it. I don't know how yeah. players feel about it. I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they'd rather be with their family, but at the end of the day, it's their job. They can't just be like, Oh, I'm calling in sick. I'm not going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I yes, I agree. I think I think that's a it's a it's a shame that that players have to play on on some of these holidays. Thanksgiving's different, I think, um, and I agree with you. Um, so Christmas, Christmas is, is just a, a shame. But at, at the same time, I I also can I also agree that being able to have if it's if Christmas falls on a Sunday or a Thursday or a, or a Monday. Um, NFL NFL games can fall can fall then and so I think that's that's fine and that, I also agree that it is their job and and that's it's tough to say, say hey boss I'm, I'm calling in sick because I want to hang out with my family unfortunately um, you can't plan that in advance but um, that's the price they pay I mean the the salaries they make that's it's the price of admission um, and and the rest are lucky to be able to, to be able to watch that and I Look, and I, I fully, fully am on the player side in, in so many of these, uh, these conversations. I just think that, um, for, for, uh, yeah, for, for that price, it's, I, I feel for you and I'm sorry. Uh, I also enjoy, enjoy being able to have that on in the background. As a yeah, I mean, Hey, don't be sorry. Like I said, it, it won't be on in our household, but I, I don't have any problem with people watching it. I just know that I won't be. So, right. Right. So now that I will get off of my horse and get off of being a, an old, an old man and yelling about, about games when they're played, <laughs> let's look at some of the matchups for week 16. So just, just going down the list, um, you know, we have the bucks at lions, Niners, Cardinals, Dolphins, Raiders, we've talked about that one uh, in our last segment, or in our first segment, how big that is just for us as as Ravens fans. But that, even if we weren't Ravens fans, that's a playoff implication game. I mean, Raiders came off of having that same type of game last week mm. against, uh, who they play? The Colts. And, I mean, two weeks ago against the Colts, and they lost. And this is another one. It, it's a long shot for the Raiders to get in, but if there's any chance for them to, they have to beat the Dolphins. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And selfishly, we need we need them to beat the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> I uh, I still think that the Raiders beating the Dolphins would be in their detriment because I don't think they'll catch the Ravens um, or or the Dolphins, even if the Dolphins drop that game. So I, I think that 
it'll be um look i as a ravens fan i'm obviously just just praying that these teams play each week hard and that this last loss to you know pittsburgh loss to the Bengals would give them some some reason to play very very well against against the colts because at this point you know we can use all the help we can get so i i really you know hoping the hoping the raiders can kind of pull it out but i'm also concerned about their defense i still think that um, they're they're going to struggle to fill that 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 hole. Yeah. So those were just the Saturday games. So let's let, let's now move into the Sunday games. So right away in the morning we have the Colts Steelers. A couple weeks ago I would have said this could be game of the week. Now I just think that the Steelers will struggle to get yards and the Colts will win easily. By about I'm gonna I'll say like ten points. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with that. And then you got a you got an easy. Well, let me rephrase that. You have a nail biter with the Falcons and the Chiefs because we <laughs> we all know how the Chiefs have been playing lately. You have the Bears at the Jags. Man, what do you do with Mitchell Trubisky? What would you do if you were the GM? Hmm. You know, that's a really great question. And especially because he, he seems to very, to very much enjoy his time in Chicago and um, a straight up trade would be kind of tough given his track record. Uh, but I would try and chop him to be honest. I, I think that they could use their high pick for a quarterback who might be flying under the radar um, and just get someone who can function in a naggy offense. I think that he's, he's been on the hot seat for for a while but i i don't think that keeping uh, keeping trubisky on, on their roster is going to do them any any good in the long run what about you honestly signing him to a one-year deal sounds like it would sounds like it would be good and then drafting a quarterback but i don't know yeah. what i don't know what type of quarterbacks are are going to be there you know they have seven picks i don't know what their draft assets or their capital looks like after trading a lot to get Khalil Mack. Uh, so I don't know if they have, you know, pick draft picks one, two, or three, or like first, second, and third rounds, uh, what those look like. But I mean, if a good quarterback fell to them in the first or second round, I, I would take one. Um, yeah. With the free agency market, there could be a lot of a lot of legit quarterbacks that they can try and lure there. They have pieces. Honestly, if I was actually now that I just think about it, if I were the Bears, I would make a run for Marcus Mariota. Ooh, I think Ooh. that would. Uh, I think he could be pretty good in that in that style of offense that Nagy wants to run. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a great pick. I didn't even think of that. Wow. You heard it here first on not another football podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then uh so the Bears at Jaguars, then we have Bengals Texans. Wow, Bengals are on a roll, so I, they're going to pull out that W. I wouldn't be shocked to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. Man, did I send you that other article from The Athletic about uh, the similarities between Indianapolis and Andrew Luck and the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. No, but that sounds sad and true. Uh, I'll have, I'll have to, 
I'll have to link that one in our description too. It was really good. It's unfortunate, but they were just drawing the comparisons about how uh, the both front offense often offices. Oh my God. I can't speak. Both front offices have kind of mishandled their draft picks and, and trying to put people around in how they've, uh, they've spent too much on previous performances and yes. names rather yeah. than what people can do for them right now. And then one of the things that they talk about is just the hits that both quarterbacks have taken within mm-hmm. the first like five years. And they were pretty close, but Watson had taken, I think like 20 more. It was like 360 something to like 340 something wow. hits. But he did that in 10, 10 less games because of his injuries. So I'm just like, if, if he was there for those 10 games, just that yeah. number would have been up in the 400s, I feel. So yeah. Yeah. it's a really good article. Uh, Texans, just figure it out. You guys, Watson is, is too good to be to be playing on a team this bad. Yeah, couldn't agree more. That poor guy. This game could be a low, like low-key good game, depending on what Giants team you're going to get. The 5-9 and nine Giants at the 9-5 and five Ravens. If you get the Giants that were playing like they did against Seattle, this could be a really good game. Ravens still win, but it could be a good game. If you get the Raven, uh, the Giants who just played so dumb um, on Sunday night, it, it'll be a blowout. So, which I'm not going to say the Giants are tanking after last week's performance, but you really question now, like, if they're just like, okay, Washington will win the division. We just need to secure our draft pick. I, You just kind of got that feel from them last week. Like I said, I don't think they're tanking, but I think they made some decisions that they're just like, we don't care if we win or lose. Either yeah. way, it's fine. We're fine. Yeah. 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 This is in their year, right? And they're just kind of maybe cashing that check. Then you have Browns at Jets. Jets, it's almost like a guaranteed loss. There's no way that they'll find a way to miraculously win another game when the fate is no longer in their hands for the Lawrence. They could, it's like they could slip up once this year, but they can't, they cannot do it twice. It, it's just not going to happen. I'm going to be a big Jets fan this weekend. I hope they do. Hope they hope they pull this out. Hope they do because you think it will actually happen or hope they do because it just helps the Ravens. I'm assuming it's the latter. No, I, I, I think that there's a reality where they do win. Um, if they put together a game um, similar to this last week, I think that that Goff and Mayfield both thrive in, in certain pass uh, situations. And if you're able to take that away, like the Jets did against, against the Rams, I think um, it'll be a little bit more difficult. Um, now that their defense is, is playing harder without Greg Williams. So we'll see. Next up, we have Panthers at football team. Ron Rivera is playing against his former team. Any uh, revenge here or ill will from I don't Rivera think so. to the Panthers? I don't think so. I think both of them kind of ran their course with each other. Um, uh, I was able to see a, a, a Panthers game their la- uh, in their last year together. And I, I, I really think that 
you know, he just, they both needed kind of a refresh. They'd kind of done this thing for, for a while. It, it had been going, Cam was starting to decline um, and it just kind of didn't work anymore. And so I think that it made sense uh, for the Panthers to go out and try and go in a different direction early, particularly with a new owner. Um, it just is unfortunate because R- R- Rivera is such a good, he's a great coach in, in my opinion. And I think that it just became untenable for them to remain in, in uh, together. And, but I also think that um, it was unfortunate they, that they kicked him somebody um, <laughs> within their conference, because, you, you know, I think there is always going to be an, an aspect of revenge when people play teams they've been on before, kind of like, um, when even when when Josh Bynes plays against the Ravens as a, as a Bengals linebacker, you're like, well, I mean, I'm sure he would love to win this game. Is is how I would look at that, as opposed to um, players who had been on teams, gone to other teams in the conference or in the division, who who just do not like the former team and just want to want to beat them or scrape them or, or whatever. So um, I guess for 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 me. I don't see this as a revenge game. I just see this as kind of a mutual parting of ways and it would be nice, nice to win, nice lock up the division, nice to get that done. Um, But this, I don't think is a circled game um, on Rivera's calendar. Although with his, his resume for, for comeback uh, coach of the year, I I think truly um, this would be uh, icing on that, on that cake for the award. Gotcha. Next up we have Broncos at chargers. Don't care about that game. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, next we have nfc east matchup eagles at cowboys who do you have in that game uh i don't know and i won't be watching it um yeah i don't i could care less i think i think i think the eagles win just because hurts uh is provided kind of a shock to their to their system but yeah i, I don't i don't think either team is is that consequential yeah i'm gonna go with the eagles too just because i want jalen I want Jalen Hurts to win, yep. so I want him to get that that dub. Yep. And then these last two games, well, there's three games left, but these next two could be really good. Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks have definitely, as much as they could, have kind of flown under the radar, I would say, the last the last month. Or, or is that just me? Like, they're sitting at 10-4, and four, Defense come together lately. Yeah, I think they have like a top five defense in the last the last month, which is so weird. But also, right to my point, I said in the beginning of the year, as long as they can get their defense right, like they'll be fine. And that is what it seems to be looking at right now, and they're getting it corrected at at the right time, right head at, right as they're heading into the playoffs. I completely agree. You know, this is a must win game for them though. They, they got to put a stamp on this and and let, let the league know where they are. Um, Particularly after the Rams are coming off a a loss to the jets. Yeah. Well, I think whoever wins this one wins the, wins that division. So really, Oh, I I would imagine. So I, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think Rams won the first one. Yeah. I want to say, I'm not a hundred percent positive on that but i want to say whoever wins this will win the will win the division next up we have the 10 and 4 titans at the green 11 and 3 green bay packers okay eight of the week a hundred percent this right here is my sweat just kidding um 
This right here is exactly what we've been talking about with the Packers all year, all last year. The the finesse versus the Mike Tyson knockout punch of the Tennessee Titans. I am so interested to see how this game uh, goes out. I don't think Packers will have a a problem on offense. The Titans have zero pass rush. They cannot get teams off the field on third down. I think last week's struggles were the Packers just looking forward, like looking ahead to this game. But I, I just don't prove me wrong Packers, but I just don't see how they stop the Titans offense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that, that a couple of, of folks in the media have said it the best today. Um, that game is um, the best the best of the week, and just seeing that defense versus that offense will be worth the price of admission. And then last up, Monday Night Football, we have the Bills at Patriots. I wish this would be a better game, but I, I think Bills will just run away with it. I, I don't think they'll run away with it. Um, they're going against Belichick. It will be a closer game. But Bills, Bills win. I just the loss with Gilmore last week, dude. It just that was the last thing you 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 could use. It's not too serious. Yeah, it was partially torn quad. Right, but there wasn't any structural damage to the to the knee, which was the the big fear. Yeah, is he is he locked up one more year with them, or is he now a free agent? I'd have to ask the guys out here, um, but I, I think I think he's I think he's at one more year. Gotcha. So, anyways, out of out of all those games that we just said, I mean, I know we kind of talked about them a bit, but which one stands out to you the most? I'm assuming it's the Sunday night game, to Titans Packers. Um. Yep that uh, that one and the, the Rams Seahawks. Now that you you mentioned it is on is going to be on my radar. Um. I think that it's. Um, if that's if that's for the division, that's going to be game of the game of the day on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, just to follow suit that Packers Packers Titans game, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, just to follow suit that I mean, there's one great game in each time in each time slot for me, and that's early games, Colts Steelers, uh, afternoon game Rams Seahawks, and then the Monday night or the Sunday night game Titans Packers. So those those would be the three that I tune into. So as we transition to the end of this this episode, with it being the week of Christmas, what what are your plans for this this Christmas here, Mike? Yeah, so we're just spending Christmas with uh, Naira's immediate family. Um, we're we're very lucky to be able to spend it together this year um, after taking tons and tons of of precautions. How about you? Just like just like Thanksgiving, we're we're staying here and. Here in Idaho, pretty low key. Um, just gonna fix up some stuff and watch a bunch of Christmas movies, holiday movies, and unfortunately, pretty low key. Hopefully, next year we can we we can have this lockdown lifted and and uh, everything everything in the world will be better so that we can we can spend these holidays with our friends and family. Yes, that would be ideal. Absolutely. What do you normally do for Christmas or Christmas Eve? Yeah, absolutely. So, so normally, um, uh, at least maybe two years ago, Nayara and I uh, had to run between my family and her family because uh, my family was really, really big on Christmas Eve dinner 
Um, and then her family was was also did a Christmas Eve, a, a fantastic Christmas Eve dinner, which I was able to experience last year. But um, being able to spend Christmas Day with them was really, uh, really great. And and so I, it being able to just hang out with family um, just throughout Christmas and, and the holidays has been such a, a core memory, uh, both both on the, the East Coast and the West Coast. And I think that um, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, being back in fashion um, <laughs> in the near future. What about you? Any any traditions or or um, holiday favorites? Yeah, so so Christmas Christmas morning was always really big for us. So we would just open presents and kind of do all that. And then growing up in Minnesota in high school and you know my first year of college. Um, my family out there, we did, uh, like a happy hour on Christmas Eve. So we had friends and family come over and we would have drinks and food. And towards the end of the night, we would, we would play games, stay up late playing games and then wake up the next day and have a huge breakfast and open presents and, and and that. So like, it's mainly Christmas for me until I met Camille and her family is kind of like what you were saying huge christmas eve Uh, they do the dinners you know friends and family come over and then after dinner they open presents so that's kind of the tradition that we've that i've kind of taken on um in the the past seven years since we've been together so uh, christmas eve is definitely our our big day and the one thing i've taken from me growing up is you know i want a huge breakfast christmas morning so um, this year i'll i'll be making you know, like a, like an egg bake, bacon, French toast, mimosas, coffee, what, literally whatever, anything i I feel like it, I'm just like, even though it's the two of us, I, I still go big and um, yeah. Christmas. I mean, we talked about it in a previous episode. Christmas is my favorite holiday and this year it's kind of minimized. So I'm got to go big somehow to, to make it feel normal. Yep. Yep. I feel that. That's amazing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. As we end this episode, I just want to—we're going to end the year too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just going to say we're, we're we're ending the year. This will be our our last recording for the year. Uh, Mike and I will be back uh, on January seventh. Uh, we'll kind of wrap up the rest of the football season as we head into the playoffs. So, Merry Christmas. Continue to like and, and subscribe and review. Uh, share this podcast if you're around friends and family. We, we would love that. Really so, appreciate it. With that being said, thank you, and we will see you in the new year. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Maybe have a great new year.